Welcome to the Lose Weight, Live Life podcast. If you're someone who would do anything to lose weight, yet finds it impossible to stick to a diet, to eat less, or just what you think you should, this podcast is for you. I am your host, certified life and weight mindset coach, Claire McKenzie. Listen in to learn how to stop overeating, lose weight for the last time, and create a relationship with food and yourself that you love, all without diet deprivation and self-sabotage. Hi, everyone, and a very warm welcome to podcast episode number 111. Now, I don't know much about angel numbers, but I was intrigued to do a quick Google search on 111, and I thought the result was worth sharing with you. So Google says, if you see 111 or any variation of this, spiritual practitioners advise you to make sure you've set an intention and goal that you're working towards. They also note that this is a sign to trust that a higher power has a plan for you and is working through things for your greater good. So take a moment, pause and check that you have a goal or intention that you're working towards. Ask yourself, what would I love? And choose that. And if your answer is something along the lines of X stones or weigh Y on the scales, please ask yourself why you want that and then choose that answer as your goal or intention and not the number on the scales or the loss in stones or pounds. Know that what you truly want, because it's not the number on the scale, that has the power to give that to you, that that power is yours. Okay, so today we're exploring evening eating and drinking. And specifically, we're looking at eating and drinking behaviours that are eating after your evening meal. The type of eating and drinking that you're unlikely to do sat at the kitchen or dining table, but more likely to be doing sat on the sofa watching television or eating in bed or standing in the kitchen. And specifically on this call, I'm talking about the type of evening eating and drinking that you do regularly as a part of your normal day. Not eating and drinking that may be done when you're socialising or with work colleagues. This type of evening eating and drinking comes up frequently in coaching calls with clients. Why? Well, because it's so very normal. So if it's so very normal, why do I want to devote a podcast episode to talking about it? Well, it's because it often is one area of our eating and drinking that can feel like a real challenge to change. And it can have a significant impact on our ability to lose weight or be a significant contributor to us having gained weight or to be all the weight that we've gained in the past. Sometimes clients share how they eat through their first 12 or 14 hours of the day isn't really a problem for them and that they suspect the weight they are gaining or the weight they're struggling to lose is related to their evening eating or drinking. So on this episode, we're going to dive deep into evening eating and look at what's going on and why it can sometimes feel like breaking the pattern of a lifetime of evening eating can be a difficult habit to change. So I mentioned eating and drinking and going forward, I'm just going to refer to eating, but know that everything that I say about eating will relate to drinking too. And that's whether you have a glass or glasses of wine or a mug of hot chocolate in the evening. I also want to point out that I'm not looking to demonize evening eating and drinking here. We're looking to change patterns of behavior that create a net negative in your life. So it may well be that you have an evening snack that works well for you as a part of your weight loss journey of losing and then managing your weight. And that is fine. I'm not saying that you should never eat after your evening meal. And in fact, I go through periods where I don't eat anything after my evening meal and then phases of my life where I might have an unprocessed food snack of some description. 
What we're looking to do here is to create habits and behaviours and ways of being that will help you lose your weight and manage it for life. And the way that I want to approach this topic today is to consider evening eating from the perspective of your body, your brain, your mind, your emotions, yourself and your life. Because we know it's not about the food, it is all about you. And that's the ethos, the approach that we follow in the Academy and Mastermind programmes. We take the emphasis off the food and help you understand and then use your understanding of your body, brain, mind, emotions, yourself and your life to get the balance right for you between eating for fuel and nourishment and nutrition and eating for comfort, joy and pleasure. Okay, so let's start with considering evening eating from the perspective of your body. It's possible, although I think for the majority of you listening, less likely, that the primary reason for wanting to eat in the evening is physical hunger and not emotional hunger. Physical hunger is felt in your stomach and it's when you're just wanting to eat food. You're not wanting a specific food or a treat or something sweet. You would be happy with some fish and vegetables or a chicken salad. The thing is, if you're physically hungry within a few hours of eating your dinner, then you're going to want to figure out why. It's possible your evening meal was not satiating, that it didn't give you enough protein or healthy fat to give your body the fuel and nourishment it's seeking. Or, and this may be the case for some of you, it could be that either your meal was high in refined carbohydrates and created a sugar spike and subsequent dip that created a feeling of physical hunger, or, and this is what I often see, is that your hunger hormones are out of balance. And when I talk about your hunger hormones, I'm talking about primarily insulin, but also glucagon, ghrelin, and leptin, which are impacted by your insulin levels being out of balance. So insulin controls the levels of glucose in your blood along with the hormone glucagon, and ghrelin and leptin control signals of hunger and fullness respectively. So when these hormones are out of balance, your body wants you to eat more, even though you have plenty of stored energy reserves on your body in the form of subcutaneous body fat, that if your body was working in the way in which it was designed, would meet your body's requirements for energy between meals. So what causes these hormones to be out of balance? Well, number one is how you have been eating. The higher the proportion of refined carbohydrates and added sugar foods you eat, the more likely it is that your hunger hormones are out of balance but also it depends on your unique personal physiology and your age and your life stage. Research shows women going through perimenopause and menopause are more prone to insulin resistance due to metabolic changes related to adrenal, thyroid and sex hormone fluctuations, particularly estrogen, and have increased difficulty in tolerating refined carbohydrates. So when it comes to understanding your evening eating from the perspective of your body, be curious about whether you are physically hungry and observe your experience of that physical hunger to figure out what is going on for you. And this is, of course, something that you can get coached on and get support with inside of the Academy in the Mastermind. Next, let's consider what is going on in your brain. Whilst, of course, technically your brain is a part of your body, I like to think of it separately when it comes to exploring your relationship with food because it's got a lot to answer for. Your brain is home to your neurotransmitters the primary signaling chemicals that are responsible for feelings of happiness, pleasure, connection, and more. Specifically dopamine, the neurotransmitter that gives us feelings of pleasure and feelings of being rewarded, is released when we anticipate 
eating foods and when we eat the foods as well. We are literally programmed as mammals to want to eat to get the dopamine reward that comes with eating as often as possible. And avoiding eating goes against the way in which our brain is designed. Now, the power of our brain in our relationship with food was demonstrated by the Russian scientist Pavlov, who showed how dogs could be conditioned to create a physiological response to a stimulus that they associated with food. Pavlov demonstrated that feeding the dogs after ringing a bell repeatedly created a physiological response in dogs who would salivate when the bell was rung in anticipation of being fed. So similarly, if you have created a habit of having something to eat or drink when you sit down to watch television every evening, you've likely created a physiological response to the stimulus of putting on your television that is driving your desire for food. You might not be physically drooling, but when you put the television on, but you can be sure there are some subtle changes taking place in your body on the physiological level that in the moment are not within your control as you anticipate your usual snack. The reason it's difficult to change this behavior is not because you're weak-willed, it's because you're going against your body's innate programming. But the good news is that Pavlov also reversed the experiment and demonstrated that it was possible to decondition that physiological automated response. Now, there are lots of different approaches that you can take to help reduce your desire to snack in the evening. If you suspect that there is a trigger for you, such as putting on the television, that is making changing this behavior more difficult. Those things might include taking a break from the stimulus, so not watching television or watching television in a different room, changing what you eat or drink in relation to the putting on the television. So maybe you have a whole food snack instead of a processed food snack. It also might look like you creating other ways to treat or reward yourself. That also gives you a bit of a dopamine release in your brain. Most people find that a combined approach is most helpful. And of course, closely associated with your brain, you're going to want to know what is going on in your mind. Now, when I talk about your mind, I'm talking about the thoughts you're having consciously or subconsciously. And the conscious ones can be thought of as a sentence in your mind. So what are the sentences in your mind related to your evening eating? I really encourage you to observe yourself and notice what your mind is saying to you. Ones that I hear frequently are, I just want something or I deserve a treat, a little bit won't hurt, I'll figure out how not to eat in the evening from tomorrow onwards, I've had a hard day, it's normal to have an evening snack, it's not fair that I can't have a snack in the evening, I should be able to have what I want. You might notice that all of these thoughts are so normal, so little, so seemingly insignificant, but they are contributing to keeping you eating foods that may well be hindering you from achieving the health or weight goals that you want for yourself. And for many of you, they're so normal, you won't even know that they're there. They'll feel like the truth to you, just what is, not a thought that you can decide to change and update if you want to. The thing is, every single thought you have is either going to be helping you or hindering you create what you ultimately want in your life. If you want to lose weight so that you can manage your weight for life, all of the thoughts that I just mentioned are likely to be hindering you because they are you justifying why you should eat to yourself. But remember, your mammalian programming has designed your body and brain this way to keep you eating for the purpose of survival. You are brainwashed by your own physiology to convince yourself that it's a good idea to have whatever it is. But it's possible for you to use your default thinking to help you create new useful thoughts that help instead of hindering you. For example, when you think the thought, I deserve something, 
what you're meaning is I deserve that chocolate or glass of wine or those packet of crisps. And what you don't see is that you're also just saying to yourself, I deserve to not reach my weight goal. I deserve to not create the behavior of eating the way that I want to be the weight that I want or to have the relationship with food that I want. We're blinkered into only seeing the few moments of pleasure and not the true outcome of the behavior we have on repeat. But when you understand what's going on for you, when you see that it's not your fault because you're programmed to operate in this way, you can stop going into battle with yourself and get creative with your strategies for managing your default behaviors. This may look like you noticing when you think I deserve something and responding with I deserve something more than a few minutes of chocolate or crisp or glass of wine pleasure. I deserve something that I can both enjoy in the moment and enjoy after the fact when I lose weight and feel healthier, whatever it is that you're wanting. Then you're just going to want to get creative and have some fun figuring out what you want to treat and reward yourself with when you think that you deserve something. Okay. So next, we have your emotions. Every time you want to eat something that is not about giving yourself the fuel and nourishment you need, your body needs, it will be because you consciously or subconsciously think that eating, whatever it is, will create a positive feeling or help you avoid feeling a negative one. And again, this is very, very normal and it's always going to be true. Even when your eating feels like self-sabotage, even when it feels as though you're eating against yourself and you're aware of the negative emotion you're creating by eating because you're so upset with yourself as you do it, you are still simultaneously numbing all of the negative emotion you're feeling as you layer more negative emotion on top of it. The problem is, of course, we don't consider the feelings that eating foods create for us in the long term or medium term. So when you snack in the evening to unknowingly escape the emotion you feel that is the result of your day, it could be drained or burdened or frustrated, you are blind to the fact that eating snacks that hinder your weight loss when you know that losing weight will help you to be physically and emotionally healthier actually creates more negative emotion. When we make those snacking decisions in the moment, we're using the part of our brain that is only concerned with the immediate outcome. And that part of your brain is powerful and single-mindedly wants you to feel better. It's very well-intentioned. It's just flawed in its approach. And the problem is compounded because we intrinsically believe we shouldn't feel negative emotion. We're not comfortable as a society being okay with not being okay. We think we shouldn't feel bored or frustrated or restless in the evening. We want to constantly fix our emotions instead of just allowing them to just be and know that the feeling will pass. And of course, the irony is that if we did allow ourselves to feel that negative emotion, if we didn't do things to avoid feeling it, we would create less negative emotion in our lives so we would feel better. If you're unhappy with your eating, your weight, or your relationship with food, if your physical health is a concern because of how you've eaten your whole life, how much less negative emotion would you feel if you had never learned to eat to feel better? Isn't it ironic? But before you jump on the bandwagon of believing life would feel so much better if you were happy with your weight, it's important to let you also know that even though you may not feel all the negative feelings you currently have about your weight, you would still experience what I call the 50-50 of positive and negative of life. Losing weight does not equate to permanent happiness. And notice that I said happy with your weight, not be a certain weight or be slim, because ultimately that is what you want. What matters is that you like being the weight that you are, or even accept and feel neutral about the weight that you are. 
it doesn't matter what the number on the scale says. There is no magic number. So next, let's talk about you. When it comes to it being about you, I am talking about the relationship you have with yourself, which is what you think about yourself, how you feel about yourself, and what you do and don't do to take care of yourself. You see, the better the relationship you have with yourself, the easier it will be to get the balance between eating for fuel and nourishment and comfort and joy that works for you. When you're constantly beating yourself up with what I call a should stick, so when you stop at the end of your day and your mind is wearing away, now this may even be subconsciously, you may not even be aware of it, but when it's wearing away with a soundtrack of, I should have done all of those things and I didn't, I should have said and done those things and I didn't, or I shouldn't have done those things and I did, and you feel unsettled or disgruntled, you want to eat to feel better. That desire to eat to feel better wouldn't be there if you always just appreciated that you did your best if you had layers of kindness towards yourself instead of layers of judgment. Shifting from a habit of self-judgment to you being your biggest cheerleader is not easy if it doesn't come naturally to you. And I don't think it comes naturally for most of us, but it is well worth the effort it takes because it makes everything better. So start noticing that soundtrack running in your mind that is constantly criticizing you for not doing stuff or enough stuff or the right stuff or for doing the wrong stuff and instead remind yourself you did your best. And another thing, when it comes to your relationship with yourself and your evening eating, eating is often our go-to default self-care practice, even when the way in which we're eating is the opposite of self-care because let's face it, it could be literally killing us. We are so poor at resting, hydrating, moving, relaxing, creating joy and fun and laughter in our lives on a daily basis, we turn to food to create all of that for us as a quick fix. That, of course, does the very opposite of what we think it does for us. We eat in the evening and we don't sleep well. We eat when we're thirsty because we're not tuned into our bodies need to be hydrated and we're still not hydrated. We eat to relax and spend hours stressing over what to wear because we don't fit into the clothes in our wardrobe. We eat to treat ourselves and then, as I said before, we make ourselves miserable because we don't like how we feel in an overweight body. So the solution to this one, think kind thoughts about yourself, talk to yourself with the utmost respect and love and kindness, appreciate yourself, do kind things for yourself all of the time, take care of yourself, make yourself the number one priority. When you do, everything else falls into place so much more easily. Okay, and the last thing we do in relation to your evening snacking is your life. If your chocolate treat, crisp snack or glass of wine that are creating the potential for ill health are the highlight of your day, which is what my truth was for years, you've got to start changing things up. You've got to start living a life you love. That doesn't mean you need to make drastic life changes, although it might, but it's much more likely you're just going to want to put some life skills in place to help you feel better about all the stuff that happens in life. If you become an expert on your human response to daily situations like you know, frustrating things that happen at work or ungrateful children or distracted partners or friends that let you down, all of the things in life you can't control and that are always going to happen. If you can choose how you think and feel in those situations so they don't bring you down and have you wanting to escape yourself from your life each evening with crisps and chocolate or wine. And if you can create instead joy and fun and connection and comfort. If you pay attention to creating those things in your life, no matter what, 
if you can experience those moments in very small ways throughout your day, you won't need to wait until the end of your day to feel better with the wine, the chocolate and the crisps. So it feels like there was a lot there. The good news is you don't need to change everything. Changing something, one small thing will have you feeling better. And that's all we're doing here. We're helping you to feel better so that you don't want or feel as though you need your evening snack to do that for you. I know that many of you listening to this will lose weight if the only thing you change with your eating is to not eat or drink when we're talking about alcohol or sweet drinks after your evening meal. But forcing yourself to stop without figuring out what the evening drinking and eating is giving you without understanding why you innately think you need whatever it is, if you have it, is not the answer. Forcing yourself to stop using willpower may work for a while, but it's not going to set you up with the strategies for life. You've got to change how you think and feel. You've got to consider who you are being in the evening. You want to change things in your body, your brain, your mind, your emotions with yourself and how you feel about your life. That is how you get to create the results you ultimately want. Okay, so that is it for this week. I'm excited to let you know that the Academy will be opening for monthly enrollment after Christmas. But if you can't wait until then, or if you want to treat yourself for Christmas or your partner is stuck on what to get you, annual enrollment is available now. Go to www.thebestyou.coach forward slash enroll 22 to find out all the details. And one final thing, if you enjoy listening to this podcast and find it helpful, I would be ever so grateful if you could rate it. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts to leave a review. Now, if you are listening on Apple, this is how you can do that. If you are on the view where all the podcast episodes are listed, simply scroll down past about 10 episodes and you will see the ratings and reviews section. And you can tap the stars to rate the podcast and you can click the write and review link to write a review. This will take you less than a minute, but it means that Apple will show this podcast to more people who are looking for weight loss support. And I want to reach and help as many people as possible. Now, if you're listening on Spotify, you can rate the podcast simply by clicking on the three dots in the top right corner of your phone and select the rate show option. And of course, if you're finding what I share here helpful, I would love you to give the podcast five stars. Thank you so much for listening. And I look forward to talking to you next week. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and are ready to live a more intentional life, lose weight as a part of that journey and create a relationship with food and yourself that you love, then I would be honoured to have you join the Lose Weight Live Life Academy membership and coach with me. The programme offers different levels of support to suit you, including self-paced learning, twice-weekly calls, private coaching, an amazingly caring community and lots more. Find out all the details about when and how you can join at www.thebestyou.coach forward slash coaching.